got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh, yeah, shit. I get my weed from California. That's that shit. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. Badass bitch. I get my light right from the source, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I see you. Oh. The way I breathe you in. Hey. It's the texture of your skin. Oh. I wanna wrap my arms around you, baby. Never let you go. Oh. And I see you. I get my weed from California, that's that shit I took my chick up to the north, yeah, badass bitch I get my light right from the source, yeah, yeah, that's it You ain't sure, yeah
Welcome back to another episode of Boys Don't Lie the Podcast. My name is Ashe Sanchez, and I'm here with Owen Burke. You know what it is, man. Back in the building, episode eight. I'm ready to get it going. A little bit different than what we wanted to do, than what was previously advertised, but you know, we're here. We're ready to get this show on the road. So let's fucking do it. Yeah, um, Samari's not with us just because of like scheduling conflicts. Like we told you guys, like Easter weekend, man. It's Easter weekend coming up, you know, so schedules are crazy, people are doing things, so like we also have a life outside of the podcast that we try to like go through as well we're trying to we're trying to do everything at once it's a little tough to do here and there but you know we're just trying to make sure we keep bringing out stuff we don't want to we don't want to go a week without bringing you so we thought about it this week really like the scheduling was tough you know we're sitting here it's it's 2 a.m at the time of recording this so you know uh it's a little rough, but we're here. We just want to make sure we brought y'all something this week. So here we are. We're ready to get into it. So, And then me and Owen also had another dialogue before this. So it's yeah. a lot. We, you know, I closed work. We plan on doing it around 11 midnight. And then we started talking about some personal, some, some stuff. And here we are two hours later, just about to start recording. So we're going to keep the, we're going to keep the energy high though. I'm not tired at all. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, man, let's get going. So the first thing that we got, we're not going to do any fan questions this week. I think all the fan questions are basically asking about these stuff. So yeah, we're just going to get, so we're just going to get into some of the stuff and like, the first thing that we have is um, Little Nas X and his like shoot with mischief, um, what his his tactics is and his the music like video. the music video and stuff. Yeah. And personally, I haven't watched it. Have you watched it? Yeah, I had. To, I went through and watched the whole thing just because I was like, if I feel like if I'm going to talk about it, I want to make sure that I know what I'm talking about and stuff. And like, I'm, I'm not going. I'm not a huge fan of the music video. Just because I don't, you know, it's not my type of thing. It's kind of weird. It's kind of out there. But, like, I have a very different opinion from what everyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the music video. But, like, I like that other people are upset about it, kind of. Because I feel like he's had to deal with a lot of... And there's been a lot of people that support him. You know, when he came out as gay, there's a lot of people that supported him. And there's a lot of people that are neutral. That were, like, kind of like how we were. We're like, you know, do your thing. You know, you make good music. Go make your music. And, and you know, we're going to listen to it, you know. And then there was a lot of people that were that were upset. That think gay is, being gay is a sin and all this. So, to me, that's what this is. It's just a hit back at those people that have always hated on him. So, I don't have any beef with it. Like I said, it's weird. It's out there. I'm not a huge fan of it. But to me, it doesn't bother me at all. Now, other people may feel a little bit differently about it. So... How do you feel about it? And I think that comes to me. I mean, I don't really hate him for it. Um, I think where my where my uh, difference is coming is just a shoe. Like yeah. it's just a shoe. I mean, the music video. Uh, like, who am I? Okay, like, and this is why I always tell people: Who am I to go out the way and try and hate on somebody? Because yeah. one of my favorite artists is gay. Like Frank Ocean's gay. Cardi and Uzi put Satan in 666 and have anarchy tattoos and all that other stuff yeah. in their music and stuff. And I mean, I still blast their music too. Yeah. It's just the way that he went about it with making the shoe and like all that. And he, he kind of like tried to promote it more. And like Lil Nas X is also like one of those people that's like, he's really good at getting under people's skin. He's yeah. really good at 6'9". Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's a natural part of his game too, though. It's just cause that's half his personality because he gets under a lot of religious people's skin just for being who he is Mm -hmm. so he can go just that little bit extra and then he can get under half the world's skin and let's be honest it sells
channels, I guarantee that YouTube video has a lot more views than it usually would have just because of what it's in it. But like, if they got an extra view off me. Like, I wouldn't have usually went and watched his music video, but I felt like I needed to, so I'd make sure I was informed on what I was talking but about. But what he's doing, too, is like, to add to your point, what he's doing, too, is like making controversial around it to make other people go listen to it. Yeah. And doing so. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, people have done it before. A lot of people. I mean, that's. I feel like that's what Six Nine is. That's why all he does. I, and, I, and it's like it's just the same thing with Six Nine though. I feel like what they both do is kind of like they push it to a line. And like well, even with Six Nine, like talking about people's dead homies or going over the line and just doing the stuff that he does. The antics is like is we're doing this for marketing, but we're also doing this because this is what we believe in. You yeah, know? and like. I understand, like, I, I can't change a person, like, you know, what people, how people feel and what people feel in life is you're entitled to your own opinion, you know, so yeah. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to be the one to tell you that this is right, this is wrong, but just personally, like, but my morals and my beliefs, I'm not, you know, good with that, I don't like it, I mean, I, um, I'm not going to say that my opinions change about him because, I mean, bro's gay, like, it's not really the most left field thing that I expected him to come out. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just was like when he, I ain't gonna lie, the shoe and then like 666 pairs and the human blood inside of them for like every worker to make the shoe to be like, yeah, I'll give up some blood to just throw in a shoe. It was kind of, uh, nah. it's a little out there. It's a little weird. I get it. But, you know, to me, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's it was his way of expressing himself and. And it's weird. It's out there. I get it. It crosses that religious line for a lot of people. But I don't know. I feel like I had a way of explaining it when you were talking, and then I lost it. So. Well, like, I understand where you're coming from. Like, But, like, my biggest thing is I know where I am. I'm a fan of music, so I'm going to listen to the music. And, like, even with Cardi, like, when I went to my first, like, Paper Cardi tour, it was the Dialit tour. And, um... That's when he was coming out more with like the anarchy and like the six 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 and like the like the devil boy yeah. and like stuff like I that. And like I went to the tour and like most of the merch was like that. And I was like, I want some Cardi merch, but not this shit. Like I'm not wearing that. Yeah. So like I just know like, you know, I'm not gonna stop, you know, hating on a person. I'm not gonna start hating on a person before it. Like, I mean, I'm religious myself, but like I'm going to listen to your music, but I'm just not going to support that or, like, yeah. buy that or give my money towards that, you know? And I think that's the thing that that I'm a little different because I'm not as religious as you or Sam is. I know I, we're going to definitely have to talk about it on episode nine a little bit because I want to hear what Sam has to say about it because I know he may have to say a little bit of the same things about you, but I know he's going to have a different opinion on it. Um, but... The thing is, is like, there's a lot of parents and, and a lot of Christian people that were like, I can't believe this, you know, da, da 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 We try to be supportive and do this, and, like, we can't let you, you know, go out here and do this and have our kids watch this and stuff, knowing that their kid's favorite rapper is Lil Uzi Vert, who's been on concert, been in you know, on stage at a concert and being like, we're going we're to hell. Right I was now. like, yeah. Hell, I was yeah. like, you're already here. Don't try to leave now. Y'all are stuck in it. We're all going to hell together. And then they're like, ah, it's fine. Like, well, you know, so like, there's, I feel like there's worse things out there. Even that, though, like, when that, when that ha- whole situation happened, I got scared. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't blame you. Because I was like, like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It's a scary shit. But like, and then another thing is people like, I feel like so many people are like, oh, the morals of this. I was like, Bro, I was like, your favorite rapper has killed someone, which is, I mean, that's that's a sin, you know. That's that's just that's 
pretty much kind of at the top of the list. And then he made a song and made money off of it. And you listen to that song all the time and you're completely fine with it. But then I feel like, I don't know. I feel like rappers, I feel like the rap isn't the most. I guess, I guess, no, I get where you're coming from because it's like, it's like your favorite rappers talking about drugs, this, 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 and this. And then we're like, oh, like that's okay. But like I guess where it the is, second is for you cross me, the religious line, yeah. then all of a sudden like whoa, hold thing, on. Yeah. That that's to me where And it's I get where like, you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. It's just I guess it's I guess more so it's just like it's not out there. Like it's there, but it's not like Yeah. Fair you know enough. what I'm Because, like even when Pushaisi was like, I heard you like to talk to God, well I'll help you meet him. Yeah. I was like <laughs> Yeah, this is a real ass it's a real ass bar. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. It's just like, there's like eggshells where I step on when it comes to music too. Cause like, I mean, I am a big guy. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm the first person to tell you my favorite type of rap is good old drugs and that killing street, homicides. Yeah. yeah. It's the street stuff that sells. <laughs> that, that good old street music. That good old 21 Atlanta down south Memphis street yep. shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Owen knows me. Good old Memphis Atlanta rapper, way. bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my rappers to talk about paraphernalia and fucking these hoes and Dude, diamond rings. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I do have to like calm myself down at times because I mean I didn't you know I found myself around my dad talking about some bitch fridge tip when you gagging. He called me big purr. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I have to calm myself yeah. down time. But like Oh no! That's like, the thing. Like, and I like I said, everybody has their own opinion on it. Everybody can think what they want, but it's just it's so. I just cool. think it, I just think it's the act of it. Yeah, and I get it. And the doing the whole music video, like you're going way. Like, there's one thing about doing the song about it, or doing the music video, or doing the shoes. But then he did all of them, and you're like, all right, calm the foot. Yeah. But it's just like there's so many people. Like I know you. Like you're like you're not a fan of it. You're not going to support that. Like he can make his music, and you'll listen to it. But like that stuff and spending your money on it, fair enough. But there's some people out there that are so mad, and I'll be like, all right, who's your favorite rapper? And they're like, oh, like um, they're like uh, Bobby Smarter. <laughs> You know, you're like, Pooh Shiesty, Kodak Black. I was like, they're like, my favorite rapper's TK. I'm like, so you're mad about this music video and the shoes and everything. I was like, your favorite rapper has but legitimately killed multiple people and it's serving jail we're time for this We're shit. told somebody to come get this shit back in blood. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, that's that to me is where it's corny. They're yeah. like, oh, we're tired. This is so over the line. I was like, your favorite rapper has literally killed someone. I was like, what do you mean this is over the line? Like, yeah. that's what... Because to me, at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's a music video. You know, like, and it's it's a pair of shoes to me. It's one drop of blood, and that's where I feel like I disconnect a little bit from it. But that's... And I mean, yeah. when you bring religion into anything, it's just... Hot button. Yeah. It's, it's automatically, yeah. like, a very touchy subject. Yeah. No matter what you're talking about. Once religion enters... You gotta walk on eggshells regardless of where you're at. So, nah, that's just, uh, I guess that's just where it is for a lot of people. And that's where it was for me. But, like, I'm also not gonna be all over Twitter. Cause, like, I almost thought to tweet about it. Cause, like, I know people wanted to hear my opinion. Hear your opinion, yeah. Yeah, but I was just hey, like, tell you what, if they wanna hear their opinion, they're gonna have to tune into the show. Tune into uh, BDL, here. yes, sir. Yeah. Um, every Friday, new episode. But, uh, yes, sir. But, nah, like, I, uh, 
I wanted to tweet about it, but I was just like, it's not that. It's not worth it. Like, yeah, people like my father who are like really religious was like, and like honestly, like I told you how my dad was when he first, you know, when he first got me into Christianity, and then like how he is now. Like, my my dad saw it and really didn't think anything of it to be at first. Like, yeah, he was like, I mean, he didn't see the music video. He saw the shoe and saw, the, like, the Bible verse and stuff. He didn't agree with the Bible verse being on the shoe. Cause it's I talking about it was. It's talking about Satan falling from heaven yeah. down to the hell. Yeah. And um, he talked to me about it. But, like, all he did was just read his Bible. And then, like, you know, it's like he, how he copes. Like, when everything is, like, something of sin happens copes with that and go about his business bro yeah and that's and that's cool because like i mean see my dad like he's like you know it's his life like you can't yeah. when it's somebody's life and like all you can do is try to lead them and if they don't want that then that's what they don't want that yeah and obviously you know like his dad is a pra- i think his dad's a pastor yeah so like i mean his dad's probably tried everything in his power to be like hey like you know god is the way to go and if you don't like that you don't like that and like i said and and we were talking about it earlier like he could have been super pushy on him growing up and sometimes that's half the reason why you have people that go so far the other side because like it's so shoved on their throat at such a young age and like you know like there's some people that are like like it doesn't matter what you think. Like, you're going to be a Christian. Who cares? Like, not me. I don't care. You're finna do this. And, like, that lifestyle for 18 years can truly switch a person into a complete atheist because they resent everything that they've been taught. Even though they might believe half of it, it's been shoved down their throat so much that they feel like they have to go the other way just out of resentment for the person that, that taught them all that stuff. So, like I said, it's, I mean... Like I said, I didn't have a problem with it. And I think if there are people out there, like we're talking about people that are being upset, you're completely allowed to be upset. If you don't want to listen to his music anymore, I don't blame you. But I will tell you, I will tell you that I think you're corny if you don't listen to him and then turn around and listen to somebody who's committed murder or done anything like that. Like if you want to sit here and thump the Bible and be all religious about it, like you better fucking be religious like that all the time. Like I don't want to hear basically almost any other rap music out of you unless it's Will Smith. So, <laughs> maybe not uh, that extreme. You know what I'm saying, though. Dang, you came out your heads. Oh, <laughs> I, I do agree. I don't think it's corny because it's going to happen, but I do agree where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, like, one of my favorite rappers is Y&W Melly. Yeah. I listened to Murder on My Mind on repeat when it first came out. Yeah. So it's I like, mean, who didn't, though? Yeah. That song is great. It's a great song. But, like, I do get where you're coming from, like... I guess, I, like I said, it's just the act and how he did it. Yeah. And like, you fucking Satan in the bathroom. Like, yeah. It was, like I said, it was a lot of weird stuff. I wasn't a super fan of all of it. And, but... like, and then you go on Twitter and you're like, Montero, you're in the bathroom and imagine the next doll is me and Satan fucking. And you're like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I said, like, I mean, to some people it's like okay, but like to me it's just like what the fuck. Bro? He's like, he's stirring it, man. Like, and he got the reactions. Like, you can't lie. Like, he got all the publicity and he it, wanted. Like, he's funny, but like he's just like why? Like, I love. I just, wish I wish just, it didn't all stem from such a controversial thing because everything that happened with him and Caitlyn Bennett was so funny to me. Or like honestly, like oh my god, I'm like I ain't gonna lie to you. I chuckled whenever he was like. He was like, at God, I'm sorry, bro. Cause like, and he was like, you know what? Since y'all didn't like these shoes, we're going to drop these shoes. And it was like John 316, the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A like, special. <laughs> like, 
This motherfucker knows what he's doing, bro. Like he's he's funny too. That's the thing. I he's a funny ass dude for real. Dude. And then like, I always told people, I was like, bro, like I wish six nine would have took the beef seriously whenever he tried to beef with him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, six nine was in my DMs, and six nine was like, before this goes out of hand. No, I wasn't. <laughs> That's the funny. Yeah, can I'm you like, imagine? What who now? wins that? Who wins that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like a real life beef between six nine. I want you guys. I'm gonna make uh, when the show drops. I'm gonna make a poll. I don't want you guys to tell we're me. We're gonna make a poll at at six p.m. on Friday. Mm-hmm. So make sure y'all watching Shay's Twitter. It's gonna go up. And you make sure you answer, and then we'll talk about it next week yeah. too. So, who wins a beef between Six Nine and Little Nas X? I feel I don't know, man. Like I feel like Six Nine wins that, but the the comedy aspect, and I just because I feel like Little Nas X just comes up with the perfect clapback every time. You're just like somebody says something mean to him, and you're like, I man, like, I wonder how he's gonna react. And then you read it, and you're Dekashi's like, Takashi's the same way though. Exactly, I feel it because Takashi like, like he went on. The whole like Usher raining, dancing in the rain on Old Block with the shoes. He like kicked water. You remember that? He yeah. was like, he like kicked water and did a dance in the middle of somebody's hood, bro. Yeah. Like, and there's still sideways stuff about that because there's still people that think he went out there at 3 a.m. They're yeah. like, the sun's not even out, bro. You're out there when no one's out there. Like, which is, I mean, he was still out there though, regardless. So. Shit, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I'm excited to see what the results of that poll end up being. So, Man, bro. Wow. So the next thing we're going to get into, we're going to push this other subject for later, but um, we're going to get into some Young Dolph retiring. So basically, Young Dolph went on Instagram not too long ago, and he just got done dropping his new album, Dumb and Dumber 2. And um, basically, Dolph just had went on Instagram. He basically did a little promo and just like talked about, like, you know, Basically, the album dropping and stuff like that. And then, like, under the album, he said, I hope y'all enjoy the new mixtape. It's the last project I'm putting out. I wasn't going to tell y'all, but I thought y'all should know I'm done with music and joy. And, you know, before this, before he dropped his last album, Rich Slaves, he uh, he was basically retired. But he came out of retirement to drop these two. And I'm not going to say, like, Dolph basically came out of retirement and gave us two good bodies of work. Um, two great albums. Yeah, yeah. two great albums. Uh, he's 35. I mean, I hope he's not retiring. I hope it's not the end. Like I said, we talked about it earlier. Like, I feel like, like there's there's not really an age limit to music to me. Like, I feel like... I think there is. Really? Mm-hmm. What do you I, think? I think... I'm going to be real with you. It's, this is one of those things on my Instagram caption said today. Um, mm. It's got to be in you and not on you you gotta wear rap fair enough yeah and, and it also like, depends on what you're rapping about too because like there's certain guys that can get away with rapping about what they rap about until they're 50 60 like Lil Wayne. Yeah. yeah and there's certain people that like if you're gonna rap about that stuff you gotta live it and mm. there's certain things you just can't live when you're 35 40 45 50 <laughs> yeah. you know like there's just certain things that you gotta leave to the young folks and just because you can't hang you can't handle that and shit that's anymore. the thing too like i listen to people like wayne or i listen to people like like Dolph, yeah. and you're just like, bro, like he could do this until he's like 50, and you're like, I, I, I still would listen to it, you know? Yeah. Or like somebody like Ty Dolla Sign, like Ty Dolla Sign didn't blow up until he was 35 years old. 
He didn't get on a freshman. He didn't get on the freshman Hot 100. Like the freshman XXL with like Chance Rapper and them until he was like, what, 30 something years old. Yeah. So it's like, you think about it, you don't know that. You find out he's this age, you're like, dang, bro, like you're wearing this good. You're doing a good job. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the best hit makers, one of the best features to ever have on a song. Like Ty Dolla Sign is that guy. Ty Dolla Sign is a real thing. And that's the thing, like, with Drake and all these other guys, like, they could continue to do this until they're, like, 40 or something. But it's, like, somebody, like, I'm trying to think, like. Dolph's style is hard to wear. And that's the thing, and that's the thing, like, I don't hate Eminem, but I just don't think that this era is for his music. And that's where I kind of get, like, that's where, like, my antics come with him. He tries to come back, or like even like Nicki Minaj, like they try to come back and do their stuff, but this era is not made for their music, if that makes sense. I feel like Eminem, if he truly just stuck to what he does, you know what I'm saying? Like, because that's what the thing about his, I feel like his last one, maybe two projects, where I feel like he's been trying to experiment with the new stuff, and like I feel like just he has a sound. And I feel like it doesn't run well with what, what's popular today. But that doesn't mean you can't put out old shit that people are going to listen to, you know. You can't... There's there's no reason he can't tap back into that 1998 sound and still have people listen to I guarantee there's... I mean, it probably wouldn't sell as well as a lot of other stuff. But I guarantee you it would sell. I mean, yeah, it'd sell. Because there's a lot of people that love Eminem for who Eminem is. Not Eminem trying to hop on Amigos type beat. You know? Like... Don't get me wrong. This is what I think. Like when Eminem, when Eminem came back and he did the little cipher or whatever it was, and he basically like he was talking about Donald Trump. I was like, yes, M. If you just like would do that, come out of the blue, drop a quick rap real quick, or like, and this is my favorite thing about this, like the old generation. They fuck with some of them. Really fuck with the new generation. And yeah. M is one of those dudes. I mean, he put Don Tolliver on his new album. You know. That murder, the music to be murdered by, or whatever. Yeah. So like, I see that you fuck with him. If you would like come in to be like the, I like it when the older dudes are coming in to be d- producers, or they're coming to give props and help out and like construct albums and stuff like that. Because I mean, you've been there, you know how to go platinum, you know how the system working, you know that you know back in the day is different with the metric system to now on how to get that. Like I like it when they come from that approach. There's there's no one that really would know it better today than like M Eminem is responsible for one of the best stretches by a single rapper in history. Like that that two thousand one to two thousand four five stretch where he was untouchable and he's talked about it before that that a reason for that was because of his skin color because he wasn't black he was white it's a lot easier to sell white music especially back then but regardless of the reason he did fucking numbers imagine if he of him like a person like him teamed up with like i know it's not like ideal but like him and jack harlow but he tells Jack Harlow how to do it. Because Jack Harlow, like, don't get me wrong. Jack Harlow's one of those guys that he has the he has the the image. He's funny. He knows what he's that's doing. That's the thing is that he, has, selling his music. He, can, he can do a lot more than music. Yeah. Like, he's a funny-ass dude. He gets along with people well. I'll tell you. And he, he just clicks. I feel like he clicks with just about anybody he hangs out with. If he's not doing it now, here soon, Jack Harlow's going to be in movies. Oh, 100%. Yeah. There's no way he's not yeah. at some point. 
And so, so like I said, I feel like I feel like Dolph's got five to ten years of good music left in him. I hope I hope it's not retiring. If it is, then I hope he just basically is a mentor to anybody else that comes out of Memphis because I feel like he's done a great job with with like him and Key Glock just work so well together. So like just him, I just hope that he's. If he retires from making music, I hope it's not retiring from music in general. Because I feel like he's still got a lot to give in in many ways. Whether it's helping out with this tape or doing this, a feature here. It's something like that, you know. Like I kind of like, I mean, yeah. I hope he gives some props to the new dudes. Because Memphis is running the game. Right, well, is, is one of the leaders in running the game right now. But With the last just, three months, I feel like they are. Like, with... With everything that's coming Ooh, out, especially big, with Pooh Shiesty, Big, Scar, Scar and all oh, those guys. Yeah. like For the last three months, I feel like it's them, and I don't feel like it's a contest. Now, if you want to stretch it out to a year. And just to think about it, like, the thing about it is I always talk to people, and I know you don't know much about it, but, like, that that Memphis area is just so corrupted because, like, I always like I always think about that Pooh Shiesty interview, and, like, I always wanted somebody's opinion on it. Like, Shiesty, you could have signed with – PRE, you could have went to Dolph, or you could have went to, um, you could have went to Coke Music with, with Gotti. Yeah. But since they're beefing with each other so hard, it's like I don't want to get into that beef because once you sign with one person, you got to stick with that one you, person. Yeah, yeah. Like when you sign on, and like I remember, you know, you learn a lot about that shit. You go back and listen to a lot of old M stuff. Like when you sign with the label, whatever beef they got, you signed on to be part of that yeah, shit. Like yeah. you gotta now you're you're beefing with them. It don't yeah. matter whether you're when you sign that contract, whoever they're beefing with, Their you're beefing shit, with. Shit, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a family type shit. And that's the thing, like you think about somebody like forty two Doug who signed to Little Baby, but he's also signed to um Yo Gotti. Yeah. And he's not even from Memphis. He's from Detroit. But everything that's their bullshit, he can't fuck with Dolph. They see him with Dolph. They're, they're off with that. Cut his ass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just like Dolph could do more in that that, that area or he could be. Because, like, you think about somebody like, you think about, honestly, stop real quick. So I was on Twitter last night. <laughs> I got to talk about this. While we were talking about the little Nas thing. Yeah. It's like a bunch of shit that I never thought about. That's like out there, like like Nas did it, bro. This motherfucker <laughs> Trey had tweeted out. Did y'all ever notice that three six mafia is six 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 mafia? Yeah, that's crazy because I never thought about that. shit. It either. just always went over my head, yeah. bro. You just think three six mafia, you know? It's like it's just it is what it is. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that is weird. It's really weird. I was getting ready to talk about Juicy J, but then I just thought about that. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if, if I've ever told you this, but like, Juicy J was one of the first rappers that I really like messed with really heavy. You and I like 36 Mafia. Like, I used to listen to 36 Mafia way back in the day, but like, Juicy J, the um, the State Trippy album was one of my favorite. Like, it was really like one of the first albums that I went Which and listened to. Like, like, like. Oh, so good, dude. So good. But like, all right, back to the subject. Yeah. But like, so I feel like Young Dolph could be like a Juicy J to like work with these Memphis rappers and get them out there and do that. But like, I just think that like his beef with Dolph and like what they have going on and like I think that's probably one of the other reasons why he's like. I want to have a life and be with my kids. I know he said that during quarantine. He was like, 
I want to, you know, enjoy my kids. I want to be there with my kids. and like. That's exactly dad, right. That's what you're talking about, and that's exactly what I'm saying. You got to, when you're in that Memphis shit, like, you have to wear it. It's not something that you can, like, put on from 9 to 5 and go home. Like, mm-hmm. you got to, if you're going to rep that shit and you're going to rep that shit, you got to carry that shit. Yeah. And it's not something that you can really take home to your family at the end of the Cause, day. Because that's what Pooh was talking about. Like, Pooh was like, I wish that Memphis was like... Oh, I fuck with bro, cause you know he also fuck with other bro, cause he was like in Atlanta. You could fuck with Young Doug and still fuck with Gucci. You could fuck with Gucci and still fuck with Nudie. You could fuck with Nudie and still fuck with Amigos. Yeah, like everybody builds each other up. But it's like in Memphis, it's like you fuck you fuck with Dolph, bro. We we part of Coke Music. Like we not we with Money Back Yo and Gotti. We not with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like it's so bad, cause like even when you think about like. I think about like a couple of months ago when like Money Back Yo was just outside, and then all of a sudden you just see black youngsters start shooting shots yeah. at Yo at Young Dolph's crew, just cause, cause you see him, yeah, cause like it's just ignorance, bro. Like it's yeah. never gonna end. Once that once that beef gets over the city, it's just like. Where do you go from here? That's and that's why everybody's moving into Atlanta. Everybody wants to be in Atlanta. You see 30 and Pooh Shiesty. Like, man, we're not trying to be part of that shit. We're trying to go with Baby. I'm not trying to die. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm not trying to sign to this label, rep the shit that y'all rep, and then die for it. You know, like, you know, as much as I'm trying to make this money and sign this record deal... I don't know if I'm willing to, you know, sit here and rap and die for it. Like, I'm, I'm going to be rich. I probably wouldn't do that shit either. Like, because that's some real shit. Those guys don't fucking play out there. It's not a fucking game in Memphis. Like, you got to pick a side. You got to rep that shit and, and hope you come out on top at the end of the day. And somebody like Pooh who's like, like, it takes a man to get over beef. It really does. And especially with beef, like, I know that Dolph's got the whole hundred shot stuff and Gotti tried to kill his existence multiple times, and they they've had their feud for quite a while now. But like this man, this man, Dolph witnessed his big homie in Gucci settle a lifelong beef with Young Jeezy on national television. Basically, yeah. everybody watched that that Gucci and uh, Jeezy versus. He saw that live and was like. Like it's not even worth it. They they shook hands, performed their profane song together, and went all about it. Like they don't even got beef no more. That's song that beef was brewing for like fifteen something years. Yeah. So I mean, I think for the betterment of the music, I think. Well, I mean, first of all, I think the beef does bring a lot of good music and a lot of good shit out because competition brings out the best in anybody. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, is that shit's a lot deeper than than the music, and it's a lot deeper than competition. So do you itself. know why? Do you, do you ever like? Uh, I'm asking you, do you know why they were beefing? No, see, that's the thing. is I have no idea why. I know that it's existing, and I know that the king all end all, like, it, to me, it doesn't even matter why it started. All I know is, like, that shit is not a fucking game. That's yeah. that's what I fucking know. So, like, basically what happened was, like, and this is also for, like, the viewers who don't know, like, basically, well, long story short, this man, duh, fucked. He slept with. White Gotti's wife. Oh, nice. Hey, man. Shit, you gotta do what you gotta do. I yeah. think I. I don't know what happened before that, but I. I, I know it stemmed something, and I think it was like Gotti dropped his. Dolph dropped his album King of Memphis, and God is like, "You're not the King of Memphis. I'm the King of Memphis." And I think at the same time, like Gotti was trying to sign 
Memphis, uh, Dolph too, but like Dolph wasn't trying to do it because he was trying to pay. He was trying to do his own thing. Yeah. So he was trying to say, "I'm about to do my own empire, my own empire," and he did Paper Route Empire. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "I'm gonna get one of the best things," but then like, it's kind of hard because like I always think about this like, Dolph is honestly the best competition he got. Like when 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 Glock came out, Glock was it. Yeah. And then Glock kind of like he went up. And like he did the gang shit and the lame shit, and I feel like after that he was still made. Like he dropped those two albums last year, and I maybe and like personally for me, he's like I can't listen to a whole Glock album, bro. Really? Like, and I'm one person that will listen to a whole album, even if it's boring. Yeah. It's just for the music. I can't, I can't with Glock for some reason, bro. Really? Yeah. It's surprising to hear because I know how you are with mm-hmm. the, with that shit. So for anybody to come like that and for you to be like, I don't know if I can finish this whole shit. That's that's weird. And, and like when I was when I first heard Glock, I was like, man, like we need this. this well, got the yeah. sound. Hundred percent has the sound. Yeah. It just was like I don't know what it is about him because he he wasn't even dropping music like that in that time span to where I was like. I shouldn't be like, yeah, he shouldn't be dropping music, you know? Yeah. So it was like, I got to that point where I was like, all right, well, like, I know what he's doing. I know what he's trying to attempt to do, but, like, I'm just not with it right now type deal. So, like, you got him having him, and then you got, like, Big Moochie Grape now, which Big Moochie Grape is okay. Then you go to Gotti, and Gotti's campus is just like, you got him. Practically has, you got 42. You got Moneybag Yo. Moneybag Yo was... Money back yo is it for a minute. Too. That's my guy. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. I and like he's just too. he's just evolving. You got Black Youngster, which is really he's funny, but he's also has he can make a hit for you too. Yeah, I was like that motherfucker's very diverse too yeah. in that sense where like he just has a social media presence. Like where he just like he's to me he's more of that that social media presence than he is a rapper to me. Like obviously I know he can make music, I know his music's good, but like that motherfucker just puts out too much content that's even better than his music mm-hmm. for me to really consider him like that. That's why. So, but like I know I was like that that camp is deep. That's the thing. It's like I feel like I feel like they got Gotti there, and I feel like they have two or three stars that are just as good, if not even better. And it's Gotti like is. Gotti's also the legend in Memphis. So it's like you can either go to them or you go to just Jay. And it's like a lot of people are looking at like Dolph, like what what do you have any more like artillery? Like you gonna get any more signees? Cause look, like I mean, honestly, if I'm if I'm Pushaisty and I'm coming up, I'm going to, I'm going to where Money Bag Yo, cause Money Bag Yo seems like he's just evolving. Like he don't see like he's slowing down anytime nah, soon. Nah. And the only reason is only only real competition. I'll be real with you, only competition he had was Dolph. Like God, like God is still got it. Personally, for me, I'll still listen to God. Old heads listen to him, but like Money Bag Yo is evolving. Yeah. So putting Pushaisi on that roster right next to them, next thing you know, you get you a thirty-two, because thirty is gonna go wherever Pooh's going. Probably, yeah. Like, I mean, eh, like I'm looking at it, thirty's practically already on that label because thirty signed to Moneybag Yo. Yeah. So it's like that's tough, man. I don't know. There's a there's a lot of little strings that yeah. have kind of tied everybody. Like everybody's got their side, and and it's tied to another person in some way. Only person that's not there is just Pooh, like yeah. Pooh and Scar, because they're signed to Gucci, so like they're just not in the beef. Cause yeah, they're, they're not, not there yet. Yeah, they're in a different city at that point. So 
It's definitely something to look into. I just I hope the, I hope the best for Dolph, and I hope he gets some more better artists, bro. Because like just Glock by himself is just not gonna cut it. Like I love Glock to death. He did his thing on his album, but I think it's the combo of them. That's where it, to me, that's but where like, it steps. Samari was game. telling me like Samari said something that I really do agree with. Like Dolph taught Dolph basically taught Glock how to rap. And it just seems like on this whole album, he's accidentally out rapping him. This thirty-five year old man is out rapping this twenty-year-old the whole album. I'm like, Dolph just got that. Dolph's got that like gene. That. Yeah. yeah, I was like, don't. Yeah, I was like, that's exactly why we don't think he should retire because he's out here. I was like, this is, obviously he still got it, but like we said, in Memphis you got to wear that shit. You can't. It's, rapping is not a nine-to-five job, and yeah. being part of that beef is not a nine-to-five job. You got to take that shit home with you. So, if at the end of the day what you want to do is go home, be with your kids, and have a nice, you know, like have a family life and have a normal life where you don't have to worry about that shit, then retiring is probably the best move for you. So, I mean, I hope for nothing for the best for him. When he retired, he did it during quarantine, but he still dropped music. Like he dropped a single. I was like. Aren't you retired, dog? I mean, like, I don't know what his, I just don't know. I never know what dog, because I don't know what his, what retirement is. He's different, yeah. He does his, he does things his own way. I mean, that's 100% the number one thing that you could say is he does things his own way, and he don't, he's really not going to answer to anybody at the end of the day except for himself. So, I mean, he could say he's retired now. If he feels like coming out of retirement in two months, he will. And you'd be like, weren't you retired? And he'd be like, I don't care what the fuck you think. I drop music. Go listen to it. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> he going to do what he want to do. So, and yeah. I respect him for it. But I also, I, I will say, that I, I fuck with him because the way that he treats his fans, bro. Exactly. Like, yeah. like I, he, bro, he came to Wichita, Kansas, bro. <laughs> I don't know if people know this, but he pulled a kid up on stage and gave a kid his Cartier bracelet and his whole entire necklace, bro. Nah. I wish I would have went to that concert. Yeah, he came down here. <laughs> Pull me up on the stage. Yeah, he came down here. I, th- I think he went to the Cotillion. You know mm-hmm. the, yeah, he went there and um, he gave a kid like it's called your bracelet or I think it was next. But yeah, he gave it to him, bro. Like that kid has that. That's like, real shit right yeah. there too. Yeah. He treats his fans good. Like I think last year, he gave one of his friends uh, his Aventador. That's crazy. Yeah. He's a, like I said, he's a real ass dude. I mean, he's just a guy that to me, like you can get behind. So like, that's why I like is I've been, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been late to the game on, on his music. So I've been trying to study up and get, and get into the game and, and learn more about Memphis and everything that's going on there. Like I said, I like his style, but I just like, like I said, I feel like he just, he does things his way and he don't give a fuck what you got to say about it type yeah. of shit yeah and i and i've always i'll always have respect for people like that like because those people will piss you off a lot but at the same time like i mean that's the that's the best way to live your life you know like for you to just go out there do what you want to do and if somebody's got a problem with it give them the middle finger and move on with your life so that's that's the one thing i like about him the most for real so and i think the other thing like like now he's doing like a giveaway for this album and I think it's like a hundred thousand dollars. But he's put it up into twenty. So like four That's people tight. can get it. That's yeah. Tight, yeah. I, I but he's a really cool guy, man. I like Dolph. He's he's real cool. Um another thing that we have on the list is I I think y'all knew that we were gonna get to this. Yeah, we had to at some point. But uh Quavo and Sweetie are now broken up. Um officially, and now officially. they have gotten some uh 
So TMZ, TMZ went to Korea and was like, get us the footage. Yeah, you know how TMZ is, man. If there's something hot out there and there's – if fans if fans are like – I feel like there's more to this Quavo and Sweet shit. TMZ is like, all right, well, time to go to the deepest bunker in the most secure nation in the world. We don't care what it takes to get it. We're going to bring a story back for y'all. Like I said, I feel like somehow, despite – you know, say what you want about TMZ. TMZ broke – TMZ broke the Kobe situation. They broke Kobe. They broke X when he passed away. They broke Nipsey getting shot. I'm pretty sure they broke Mac Miller when he OD too. I like I said the to me the reputation of TMZ is not a reliable news source, but god damn it, they're on every breaking story that's ever possible. Like I said, that's what I'm saying. Like if there is a demand for this news, if people are like, hey, we want to know about this, they're they will go to the ends of the earth to figure out what the hell like, is going on. I know they were like, I think Yachty was talking about it, but like Yachty said. Like he was arrested two weeks before, he was just praying. Like he said, he was just praying in his bed that TMZ didn't find the mugshot. <laughs> like he said, he was literally in his bed praying, and it was like two weeks later they found the mugshot and posted it, and said that he had just. Went, and that was the only day that they were like wrong that they said he had just got arrested. And he was like, "Well, it's time for me to talk about this." Two weeks ago, but I did not want them to find this mugshot. Well, yeah, because they're so. I like I said. Like, when you're growing up, TMZ is, like, they're strictly paparazzi, garbage news organization. Like, yeah. don't listen to TMZ, but the motherfuckers are on it with breaking news. So, so the video came out. They acquired this video from about a year ago in a hotel. Quavo and Sweetie getting onto an elevator. They kind of got into a little... little. <laughs> I can see why they didn't want... Yachty didn't want him to find that mug shot, because he looks busted in that shit. But... So Quavo and Sweetie, they were getting to an elevator. They got into kind of almost like a shoving match. It looked over like over a Birkin. You know, it was over a bag. Um, uh, Sweetie kind of hit the ground, and then Quavo didn't help her up. They got, you know, you know, they're pressing buttons on the elevator. They go down. There's people standing Somebody there trying said, to get on. Sweetie said that uh, Quavo looked at the camera like Michael Scott off The Office. That's true because, like, he, he got there. The door shut. It was, like, 30 seconds after. He looked up in the corner and was like, fuck he he was like yachty at that point he was like man i really hope that tmz don't find that footage <laughs> and I, sure enough the second they broke up they went and found it didn't they so i mean it's obviously a serious situation a lot of people are out there like oh he only really shoved her like he didn't really do anything serious I know what you about, this. about that take about it whole situation so so at first like when because when i watch the video you know i see her hit the ground and you know it's it's a little rough the showing you know they kind of get into the argument the scuffle she hits the ground and he doesn't help her up and everything and i'm like i was waiting for her to hit her like i'm not gonna lie to you because well when you see like immediately i thought of ray rice was the comparison and we all remember that situation like he clocked his fiance at the time um, so I was waiting for her, for him to hit her or for like it to escalate and it never did. So first of all, I was happy. I was like, well, thank God he didn't like just beat the shit out of her. Cause that's what I thought I was going to see. Like, I thought I was going to wait. The doors were going to close and I thought he was going to hit her or something. So I'm glad that didn't happen. First of all, um, for everyone saying that it's not that big of a deal, I get where you're coming from. Cause there wasn't a lot on the tape and, and you know, couples probably get into that shit all the time but the thing is you got to remember is like if he's willing to do that and be that aggressive out in public on an elevator in a hotel we don't know what's happening behind closed doors you know like with all the accusations of him cheating and, and everything else going on like 
you have to take this shit seriously because we don't know what happens behind closed doors. Like they, you know, the doors close on the elevator, but there's a camera inside. What happens when the doors close and there's not a camera sitting right there? You know, that's the thing. Well, I mean, the thing, and the thing that people also forget that like the Migos are known as hotheads. Like once somebody crosses them, like think about it with X. When X crossed the Migos, they jumped him. That's true. The dude that just Justin L.A. boy or whatever, the dude that just did that thing. Yeah. Whenever he, uh, whenever he did what he did or asked a question, the Migos just jumped him a couple of days ago because yeah. he asked that question. Which I mean, you said Mortella, it was it was a setup, and I do think it was a setup. But like, like they don't play. Like they come together as a gang, they will beat your asses. Remember, game. like when they first when they first blew up in Atlanta, Offset was in jail at the time. Yeah. So like it was take off and Quavo making music, and then he got out, and then that's when they truly, truly blew up. But like their first couple tapes, their first couple of music videos they ever made, it had a shirt with Offset's face on. It, it was like free, free man's, you know, all this shit. Like so, they've been. Yeah, you're right. They are hotheads. They've been in and out of it. So like that's the thing. I get it. The video wasn't that serious, but that's. Because there was a camera on. Like, if he looked up in that corner of that elevator and there wasn't a camera there, we don't know what was going to happen. He could have reached down and swung on her at that point. But he didn't because the camera was there or something like that. So you have to take it seriously because we don't know what happens when there's not a camera in his face. I think that's also the the good thing, but it's also the dangerous thing about Offset. I mean, Quavo is like we don't hear much about his personal life. Like yeah. he only portrays about what he portrays. In, he's Honcho. We only know Honcho. Exactly. Like we don't know what Quavius Marshall is like behind scenes. You know. Mm-hmm. So like, I hope that he wasn't doing much to her behind closed doors. But I mean, like you said, like it, I I had to pull myself from that. Like it's not that serious thing because it is like. You don't know what is going on behind closed doors. You don't know what she is enduring. Because, like, I mean, this, for Sweetie, this was, I finally met my celebrity crush. I'm dating my celebrity crush. Because, you you know, she was a fan of him at first. I fell in love with my celebrity crush type stuff. Yeah. So, like, to date your celebrity crush and he's throwing you on the ground, like, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of like, it was kind of, I don't know if it maybe it was more so of a thing where, like, I finally got to date this guy, so I'm a hush about the stuff that is going on behind closed doors. I mean, they were dating for three years, so I don't know if it hefty three years she would keep quiet for all this if stuff. It, but. Well, it might have just escalated in the last year yeah. with them, because, you know, obviously they're probably around each other a lot more with quarantine and everything going on, so it could have just gotten bad. And so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the showing match and the video itself wasn't terrible. Like I said, there's regular people that get into worse showing matches than that over stupider shit than that, too. But like we said, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And abuse is also not only a a physical thing. Like just because that's the only time it got physical doesn't mean he's not verbally abusing her behind closed doors as well. So, So never, never, never. You know, it's the same thing with Deshaun Watson. Like, you can't just discredit it just because you didn't see what you wanted to see type shit. You know, you have to take it seriously regardless. And then we can ease up on it later when we find out that it's not true type shit. You know, like, we have to take the Deshaun Watson shit seriously until we can figure out exactly what happened. Like... He's not guilty, you know, you're you're innocent until proven guilty, but at the same time, I can't let you walk around like a free man. We got to take this shit seriously until we figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's it's a dicey situation, but 
we're we're kind of just we got to go with what so we got. How does, this, how does this affect three? I I don't think it's going to slow sales down at, as of right now. Like I said, now if it comes out with a news report on Saturday after the show drops that like he's been beating the shit out of her for three years. We may have a different story, but as of right now, with the video as is and no other no other things stemming from it, I don't think it slows the album down at all. I don't think it gains publicity for the album. They may lose a little bit, but it's the Migos. They're going to sell regardless. There's a lot of, and you have a majority of the crowd that thinks that video wasn't that serious. They're going to listen to it regardless. There's there's a crowd like us that that thinks it's serious and everything, but at the end of the day, you're probably going to listen to it regardless. So, And, like, that's kind of the thing, too. I, I was, like, looking at the Instagram, and I know, like, one of the guys I follow had said that, like, we're about to get toxic Quavo and stuff. And, like, being toxic is not a thing of endearment, you know? Like... It shouldn't be, but it feels like it is in today's day and age. Like, and I'll be the first one to tell you. I'm, I, I get called toxic, and I'm like, yeah. Like, I like that. But, like, honestly, it shouldn't be one of those things that, like, being toxic is cool, if that makes sense. And, like, people hearing this and them seeing that and then they hearing him say, like, that verse. I don't know what it was about that verse that he just said on Instagram the other day. Hold on. I got I to I find it again. Because, like, people seen this verse and I don't know what about this verse just made them, like, Going to a hoopla, bro. They were just like, oh my god, Toxic Quavo, we're gonna love this. Look. Like, I don't know what about this verse was like, yeah, we want that. He's he's gonna bring that that good toxic shit. Like, no, that's it's not future. This is Quavo we're talking about here. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Calm down. I mean, he's bringing the energy, though, again, though, which I like it. Like, I like what... That's the thing that really sucks, is that, like, morally, I feel like I need to not listen to it until we figure out what's going on and all this shit. But, like, the snippets he's dropping, man, are fucking heat. Like, they are... We got some real fucking Migos music coming back again. Like, I have a couple buddies that that have don't like Culture 2 at all, and they don't like anything that's that they've done since Culture 1. Like, none of the QC stuff... Nothing really? like they thought that like they're like and there's I have a couple people that even think that culture one they sold out like and kind of went to a different style and they're like Migos was what YRN was and the second they went to culture one they sold out and they stopped listening to them since then. So um, I mean, I think they're getting back to the roots and I think a lot of people like it. And I think the album's going to do numbers regardless of what happens. Honestly, I feel like it could get worse and I feel like the album's still going to do numbers just because. People, people like the music that they're putting out. So also, you gotta think about it though. Like, the Migos got a lot to prove, man. It's like you had that stretch where you were it, and your your label in QC they basically gave up on you, bro. They gave up on you because they're like, you're not the hot thing no more. You're not the it thing. People don't want this. Like, you're like the old dog doing old tricks. Like, we got a little baby now. Like, this is the superstar. This could be this could be the new Drake of the generation. We're gonna give up on y'all. We're gonna focus on him now. You know, so yeah. there's a lot for for Migos to really just focus on. But um, I'm gonna let Owen read this next thing and then see what he says about it. Um, it's about that that boy Travis Scott and that cacti and the yeah. OST. I mean. I mean, we had to bring it back up and talk about it because it's doing numbers, which I don't think any of us are surprised by that. Um, 
Uh, Cacti, of course, according to TMZ, a spokesperson relayed Cacti set a record for the highest rate of sale in a debut for any variety pack of Anheuser-Busch seltzer history. So basically, to dumb that down, uh, Cacti is selling hotter than hotcakes on a Sunday morning after church. So um, I don't think any of us are surprised. I think even if the drinks were asked, they were going to sell pretty well just because Travis Scott has has a very, very loyal fan base that loves everything he does. Uh, the drinks are good on top of that, which is just going to send it through the roof. So um, he's breaking records in just about everything he does. I mean, I don't think there's much we need to talk about it. We all know how good Travis Scott is at what he does. Think about what you want about his music. The man markets himself well. He, he makes money off of stuff outside of his music. And he's always looking for the next thing that he can make money off of. And I don't think it's a, and that's what I'm curious. I'd love to talk to him or just kind of see an interview about it, whether like, whether he's truly doing this stuff for the music or if like, or for the money, or if he's really just like, this is just what he does. He's like, if he's just sitting there and he's like, man, I could probably make a lot of money if I did a deal with McDonald's or if he's like, you know, I, I went to McDonald's when I was a kid in Houston. Like, that'd be kind of cool just for me, like, just well, to kind of work with them type shit. Honestly, I was going to say I would like to him too, but um, he did that before. I think it was with Zane Lowe. He had an interview, and, like, he talked about the McDonald's thing. He was just, like, McDonald's came. Because, like, when it started, see, when it seemed like it was a thing for, like, people to people to want to team with Travis on certain things and be, like, get him on it. It was like he did the thing with Nike. It started to blow. The shoes started to go. Everything started to be. He's his own merch started to blow. So then people started to go into him for endorsements. Well, he said that McDonald's basically came up to him and was like, "Hey, what's your favorite sandwich of ours?" He said, "So I get the quarter power, add bacon, simple sandwich, add bacon. You go from there." And then he's like. Uh, we want to make that a signature sandwich. We're going to do this for a couple weeks, and it's going to be called the Travis Scott meal. And then we'll see where it goes. Next thing you know, you do that, and he's one of the highest selling next to Michael Jordan for doing an endorsement with them, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. And then, like, that had the summer on lock. You go to, I mean, well, you had, like, the fall on lock, and then you go to sales with shoes, doing his own liquor. The guy just can't miss, bro. And it's also shout out to that man, young Larry David, bro. His um his manager, that man puts in overtime, bro. Puts it work, like for real, for real, to get all this shit lined up and to make it all work. Like I said, even if the if the Celtics were asked, they were gonna sell a decent amount just because. I mean, they sold here. People were gonna try. People people were gonna try them and stuff, but like. They're they're putting out quality stuff too. That's the thing. Like they're not slapping his name on just about anything. They're very selective about what they slap his name on, because they know they know you slap Travis Scott's name on it, you slap his logo on it, it's gonna sell. Now, if you could slap his name on something that's a top quality product, it's gonna sell even better. You know, so that's why they're, you know, like Travis Scott's not doing shit with Burger King. He's doing shit with McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like he's Batman right there <laughs> and busy. That's true, man. That's two goats right and there, boys bro. put in work. So they're they're very selective about what they put their name to and, and it works, man. Travis I mean, Scott's about to have his own PlayStation 5. His own his own PlayStation 5 cover type like oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like his own That's going to be crazy. That shit's going to be like $3,000 on StockX when it drops. I guarantee it. 
that's gonna sell like crazy too. Like, I think it's like I think it's like one of those things where like it's his own PlayStation Five. He he's gonna have his like own game program on it, and I think if it programs like all his music discography and stuff like that, like all on the PlayStation. That's gonna be tight. That's gonna be tight, man. Like I said, he puts his name to shit that's good. And there's a reason he's working with Sony and not fucking Microsoft. He's working with the 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 superior, and I might lose some fans over this. He's working with the superior gaming company. I'm not gonna cap to you that the Xbox Series X specs wise does have better specs and all that shit than PS5, but we all know where the real ones play the video games at, man. It's on PlayStation, not Xbox. So I apologize if that hurts your feelings, but that's just how I feel I about it. Like you that they that uh that they ended up doing the uh the release like party and everything through Travis. Yeah, like everything went through Travis and like. Shoot, Travis did so good. They even did an R.P. Pop Smoke on that on that motherfucker, bruh. That was hard. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. It was hard as fuck. Um, but yeah, uh, he had the the James Blake performance on there. He had showed the the, the two fans who got two free PlayStations and stuff. Yeah. I think the thing about Travis is also kind of funny. It's like he's like a big kid, so when he sees fans, he's like a, he's like freaking out with them because these fans. <laughs> I always remember the video. They come up to him and they're like, Travis, like, oh my God. Yeah. And he's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what's up, guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he's just freaking out with him. But all right. So um, that's pretty much it for our the column of pop culture and stuff like that. We're going to run through these uh, sports and that's, that's it, man. Oh, boy. I am excited. Let me tell you what, man. It's my favorite time of the year, it's the off season. We rounded up free agency. It's always a fun thing to go through. And now we're into the stuff that really, really gets me going. It's, it's draft season, man. We got pro days happening here and there. Um, we'll start with, with a couple of them. We'll start with the QBs to start with. Uh, well, I'm with this. We start with this. Let's do these like right here first. You want to come through and then end on the? Yeah. Okay, so we'll come back. Damn, you're going to make me wait. All right, so we'll come back to the pro days. We'll come back. We're going to go through. Um, some of our basically everything else. We're gonna go through our NFL news. I, like run through those real quick. I got you. So, so with the NFL, they approved seventeen game regular season. That's big. So now the the infamous seven and nine, eight and eight seasons are no more. Um, the standard of mediocrity will not be eight and eight. You can't go eight and eight anymore. It's not possible. You can go eight eight and one. You can't go eight and eight. So um, seven and nine is also not a thing anymore. You can't do that. Uh, it's just not. It's not possible. So yeah. So it's very. <laughs> it's very. It's, it's a weird thing. Um, I, I think it's a good thing for the NFL. It's going to make them more money. Da 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 da. Thursday night football is still a thing. So to me, the NFL Players Association isn't happy. I'm not happy. Thursday night football blows. I don't understand why it exists still. Um, if we want to get into it, I could summarize it for you if you don't know why. First of all, who the hell has free time to be like, I want to watch football on a Thursday night? Like, Sunday night football is a thing. I'm cool with the Monday night primetime stuff. Thursday night, first of all, to me, there's not a need for it. There's not a, there's not a like. I need something to do on a Thursday night. I don't need primetime football. The scheduling is weird. It puts teams on a short week. Isn't it going straight to Amazon too? I don't know what it. Like I said, to me, I don't fucking care where it's being broadcast or anything. For a team to turn around, play a game on Sunday, 
and then turn around within Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then play again on a Thursday is fucking horrible. So many players. Like, if you look at season-ending injuries in the last two to three years, I think I saw a stat the other day. It was like a solid 35 to 40% of them come on Thursday night games alone. So, like, for... And you got to think, there's only one or two Thursday night games each week, and the rest of them are on Sunday, and then there's one on Monday night. So for 40 to 50% of season-ending injuries to all happen on Thursday is fucking ridiculous. And to me, that's the numbers of why Thursday night shouldn't exist. You had that short week, man. You had that short week. You can't recover right. You have travel. And that's the thing. It's not just a short week. Like, you have to – usually they're pretty good about scheduling you. Like, if you're going to play, you're going to play a home game on Sunday, home game on Thursday type shit. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be on the road in New England. So if it's like the Chargers, you can't play in New England on a Sunday and then try to play in in LA on on that Thursday. Or you can't go from from New England and then try to go to Kansas City. Like it's very weird because then you have travel. Like you have three of three days before your next game. You have to travel for two of them. You got one day. You have to practice. You can't not practice on that one day. So you have zero rest time. That's why guys get hurt so much. So to me, it doesn't make money well uh, because I don't think there's a huge demand for Thursday night football. It's not safe for the players because guys are getting hurt all the time. And three, like, they fucking suck at making matchups for Thursday night. They're like, oh, it's a primetime Thursday night slot. Let's put the fucking let's Cardinals put, and Dolphins. Like, the Cardinals, at least we have Kyler Murray there. They're like, let's put the Jets and the Dolphins. I'm like, I want to blow my oh, brains out. I don't know how many times I saw the Dolphins in the last year. Yeah, like, that's what. Team. Yeah. Like, the Dolphins did pretty decent last year, but it was like the mediocre team that they would go against. Yeah, and that's the thing that was so frustrating is like, can't wait for Thursday night football. I get to watch the Jets and the Browns. Like, you know, the 0-16 Browns and the Jets play. I'm like, I'm so excited. Like, it's I, just... I the only the only good primetime game that I, like, comes to mind last year was Brady versus Breeze. And even then, was that matchup one? That was the first time they played? Yeah. Where, Brady, where Brady got his fucking ass handed to him by that New Orleans defense. They got shit on that game. Well, we all see how the season ended for Brady in the long run. But Thursday night football sucks. It needs to not be a thing. For Monday, that's the different story because you know you're never going to have a you know, a team doesn't play Sunday and Monday night. That's not going to happen because those are that's the same week of football. That's Sunday and yeah, Monday. Yeah. Thursday is what starts the next week. So so Monday you get an extra day of rest. Now it puts you on a short week the next week because some weeks you may go Monday into a Sunday game, but you're only losing a day. It's not that big of a deal. So Sunday and Monday to me are fine. If they want to start doing Saturday games too, that's fine with me too. Thursday is just it's weird, it's stupid, it doesn't make money well. They were just like, uh, let's find a day in the week that seems to be better. Yeah. Tuesday's too close to Monday, Wednesday's too close, let's just go Thursday. Let's go Thursday, right in the middle of the fucking week, so guys don't have time to recover right and, and get their bodies right for the game. And and like I said, who the fuck is like gets off work on Thursday and is like I want to watch football, and even then, there's there's a small percentage I mean, of people honestly, that do that. There's there's that. there's a percentage of people who do that, but nobody gets off work and is like, I want to watch the Jets and the Bengals play. Fuck out of here! Like, what are we doing? Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna, if you're gonna make Thursday night a primetime spot, I better be watching fucking. I would better be watching like Chiefs Ravens. You know, like give me something to fucking watch. Like, make like, me tune into it. And I also just feel like those games where you're like thinking like. This game should have been the 
the headliner of the Sunday night, but we can't make it the headliner, so just flex it to Thursday. Yeah. I feel like that's just better, too. Because, like, even with our instance, when we had went against the Steelers the first time, we could have just got flexed to Thursday. That would have been good, you know? Yeah. I, I agree. And with COVID, the way it is, like, Thursday night games are even fucking weirder to me yeah. for it to be a thing. So, I like the 17-game thing. I like the 17-playoff seeds. I still don't fucking understand why Thursday night football is a thing. So I'm kind of sad now because, like, with I'd me. I'd rather not answer that. That really just killed the entire mood of the conversation right there. That was uh, Alexa. That was Alexa just decided. I don't know why you decided you had to say something right there, but I I guess that's thinking the whatever, man. So here we go. Um, <laughs> bloopers that we can't cut out. Yeah, I can't really edit that out, so it's going to be there. So y'all know that my Echo decided she wanted to pipe something up in the fucking can't wait to I can't wait to endorse this and be like, sponsored by Amazon. Oh, no shit, yeah. Tell Jeff Bezos to throw me a bag because we just fucking put a free advertisement in the show because... She wanted to fucking say something. She always be saying shit at the worst times, too. Like, all right, we got to move on. Um, still in the NFL, um, Dan Snyder. Uh, oh, the, I didn't mean to get you off. I do want to say, bro, when we leave it, I kind of wish I was here because we could have went to watch the Ravens together with the Chiefs this year, bro. Yeah. It's going to be tough. I, me and Brenda went uh, last year. The year before, it was the year before. For COVID. I don't know. I want to go to it, but with COVID and everything and money, and we've already got a lot of other trips lined up, we're just going to have to see what happens. So, um, The NFL owners commission has decided that for some reason it's a good idea to grant Dan Snyder full ownership of the Washington football team. I couldn't tell you why. I, I Shay doesn't want to talk about it. He was a former Redskins fan. Um, he was sick of the mediocrity, so he jumped ship, came over to Baltimore. We're glad to have him. Um, he's much like I was with the Knicks. You know, you're you can only be like you know. And I I respect guys that are loyal to their teams to a fault for for years. Like like, like all you Buffalo Bills fans, I. <laughs> I pay homage to y'all, man. Yeah, because they've been struggling for a while. You know, they've, 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 but they're here now. Yeah. The Bills are here now. You have to respect that about it. But the thing is, like, there's a difference between, like, I'm all for my team being shitty. If my team sucks, my team sucks. I rode with Baltimore the last five years while they missed the playoffs for four of them after the Super Bowl hangover in 2012. The thing is, is, like, I knew that, like, it was kind of just bad luck. Like, we're kind of, you know, we're getting hurt a lot. We still have a good front office. I still have a good head coach. I know that this is going to turn around eventually. And even if it's not, I'm willing to ride with a team that sucks for a while. It's not a bad thing. The thing about the New York Knicks and the Washington football team, both teams that we've jumped from recently, is the dysfunction is a lot more in the roster. The roster doesn't suck in Washington. The roster didn't suck in New York either. The fucking the thing that sucks about both those teams is their owners and the front offices that those owners employ. Dan Snyder's an idiot, and so is James Dolan. They're both fucking grade-A idiots. I hate them both. I don't know why the NFL owner, owners committee was like, Dan Snyder's the second most problematic owner in the league outside of Jerry Jones. Let's give him full owner to buy out all the minority owners of 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 the football team. So I don't I don't understand both why. Dumbest owners in the same division. Yeah, the dumbest, the worst owners in the same division. The only thing is at least Jerry Jones could make fucking money off his team. Dan Snyder can't sell anything. You want to know why? Because they're the fucking football team. And he came out in an interview last year and said, 
We might just stay the football team. Are you fucking kidding me? We're going to st- This is going to be a st- I'm going to have to explain to my kids 20 years from now why why there's 31 teams in the NFL, probably more at the time, that have all these cool names and everything. You know, Steelers are because Pittsburgh has a very large steel corporation. Baltimore, um, Edgar Allan Poe's from Baltimore, so they kind of did the Ravens because that was one of his favorite probably. And then we're like, what the fuck is Washington? Like, they're just a football team, I guess, son. I don't know. Dan Snyder's a fucking idiot. Here we are. So... Yeah, I'm not happy about it. I don't understand. There for a while, I thought he was going to have to sell his owner, his his ownership, and we were going to have a new majority owner. I thought the the franchise was going to turn around. I like Ron Rivera a lot. I th- when we were going to Cali, when we were going to Cali, that was a possibility. Wasn't yeah, it? there was there was a bunch of scandals going around that that Dan Snyder was you know misconduct racially and uh, sexually misconduct in, in his front office and everything. Apparently, he's been cleared of all that, and and now he's going to be. Not the majority owner. He is the sole owner of the Washington football team. So, like I said, I like Ron Rivera. I think they're heading the right way. I like their defense. I think they have some pieces on offense. I think they're missing a QB. I really think they're a quarterback away, to to be honest with you. Ron Rivera, I I like the one that we got him, but I just wish John Gruden, bro. (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't know what the the ownership committee, like what the NFL owners were thinking when they approved this move. But like I said, I think they're a QB away as a team, but I don't think they're ever going to be able to succeed under Dan Snyder, in my opinion. Like they have Antonio Gibson, who's one of the best rookie running backs this year before he got hurt. You have scary Terry McLaurin. Uh, They franchise tag Brandon Scherf. You bring him back. You look at the defensive line. They have like five guys that can be pro bowlers on that defensive line. Jonathan Allen, Matthew Ioannidis, um, I'm blanking on the other two. Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan is still there. Chase Young, obviously, there's the big name I was forgetting. Uh, You have Kyle Fuller. You have one of the Fuller twins in the secondary. You have Landon Collins in the secondary. And like I said, you you have one of the better defensive coaches in the league in Ron Rivera at the helm. And But the problem is you have fucking Dan Snyder at the top of the mountain. I feel for I feel for Chase Young cuz I think he needs to be on a team that's going to The the thing that is good about Chase Young though is that on defense you can play and and you can play and your your career is probably not going to be ruined by the team you're on. Like a quarterback yeah. is is a position like I think whoever goes at 2 to the Jets I think they'll be a lot better off now, but like Sam Darnold's career was fucked the second he got drafted. The second, the second the Browns swerved everyone and went Baker Mayfield at one and left Darnold on the board at two with Adam Gase, he was fucked because Adam Gase is an idiot. That organization is not well ran, and I, I like I said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I still think Sam Darnold has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. He has to be in the right system to me, like. Right now, if I'm... I mean, that's mostly every quarterback, too, though. Yeah, that's true. It is. It is a lot of quarterbacks. They have the potential. It's about where they land. And right now, the Jets are at the bottom of the fucking list of places you want to go. So I feel bad. Like, I feel all these quarterbacks are really looking at this. Like, if you go at one to the Jags, it's not a great organization, but they're really not... They're not badly ran up top. The Khan family is solid. They just have a lot of money. That's how they came on to it. But now you have Urban Meyer who's a great football mind. You have a solid team around him. The only thing is you kind of step in. You have to compete with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is not a slouch that QB position. I got a question for you. Um, I got access question a while back, so I want to get your opinion on it. Okay. How do you feel 
Patrick Mahomes would be if he played on this Bills team or played with like in Lamar's position. Played in either. Okay, so this is tough. Um, if if Patty played in Buffalo, if you if you switch the QBs, um, I think it's tough. I think Patty does just as good as Josh Allen. I think it's very, it's really tough because Kansas City has more weapons. That's obvious. They've always had a better offense. They have a better offense around them. Thing is, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is obviously the better QB. Um, I think Patty could still put up the same numbers in the Bills' offense. I think he could still – he wouldn't put up the same numbers in Baltimore's offense, but he would put up well. I think Lamar obviously would excel in Kansas City. I think if you put Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robbins, you put all these guys around Lamar Jackson, I don't like I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what would happen. That'd be the the greatest offense that would ever touch the field of football. I love Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, I think he's the greatest QB of all time. I think Lamar Jackson makes that offense even better, in my opinion. Because I think Lamar then brings the run game into it. And now you bring this read option and you bring all the power run plays that they run. You bring Clyde Edwards Hilaire into this backfield. You bring Le'Veon Bell into this backfield. Now you have a QB that can run the ball. And I'm telling you guys, if you don't think Lamar Jackson can throw the football well, you're either a troll, a hater, or you strictly don't watch football. You watch a 10-second TikTok clip of three bad throws and think you're an NFL analyst because Lamar Jackson could throw the football. Stop, stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Don't do any of this shit. He doesn't have as good of an arm as Patrick Mahomes. I'm not trying to say that. He's not a top 10 arm talent in the league. But do not sit here and try to tell me that he's a running back. Don't try to sit here tell me that Mitch Trubisky has a better arm. Lamar honestly probably is like probably that 10 to 12 range of arm talent. The, the strength is there. For every time you can go pull a clip of him overthrowing a receiver or or underthrowing or a horrible read, whatever, I can go pull the same a, a clip from the same game of a 55-yard dot over the top of double coverage to Hollywood Brown over the shoulder. For every bad throw you can find, I guarantee you I can find one that's just as pretty. So so it's a, it's a tough question to answer, but... Because, you know, a lot of times we, we get told that Patty was just put into a great situation. And then and my biggest thing about it was before I made myself turn into a believer of him is that, like, Alex Smith was there. And I think everybody, like, he's the people champ. But, like, he did that team was just a shit team before that, you know? So it was just like you came around and this quarterback's doing so much for you guys. Just, like... Yeah, and you changed your run. Like you just made the best out of the situation, and now that's that, you know. Yeah. So, so for anyone that thinks that Patrick Mahomes only does well because of the weapons he has, you, I will tell you that you could drop Patrick Mahomes into Robert Salah's system on the New York Jets this year, and I guarantee you'd throw for four four thousand, if not five thousand yards. Brashad Perriman would be a top ten receiver in this league. Jam- no, no, no. Jamison Crowder would be a top ten receiver in this league, and Brashad Perriman would be one of the best deep threats in the game. I'm telling you that. If if you think that Patrick Mahomes is just good because of the weapons he has around you, I'll tell you, not to offend you, but you're an idiot. Like this kid, I'm telling you that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in in the league. There's not a conversation. I love Lamar Jackson to death. I think Josh Allen is extremely talented. Aaron Rodgers is is one of the greatest QBs to ever play. 
at the rate he is going, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback to ever touch a field, and it is not a conversation. Like we're not, there's not a topic. the The, the debate is number two. Mm-hmm. Who is who's the second best QB of all time? Because the number one spot's locked up. I, I will tell you that it's not. So we're not giving it time. It's, it's time to. No, like the the you still have to wait to make the decision. Obviously, I can't call him the greatest QB of all time after three after three seasons. But I will tell you at this pace. What he's doing now, no major injury problems. He plays 12 to 15 years. There's not a debate when it's all said and done. Like this, there's not a debate now. Like I said, if you want to debate who the best QB in the game is, you can debate who the second is. Who's the second best QB in the game, Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen? Because one is Patrick Mahomes. The weapons around him make it look better, but he can do the same shit. In, in New York, he could do the same shit in Baltimore. He'd do the same shit in Buffalo. His his talent is undeniable. That was your uh, preview for uh, next week's show for the GOAT debate. Yeah. Um, how, to, how to get him going. We're going to run through these last couple things real quick. Though. Yeah. So, um, the Seahawks re-signed Tyler Lockett. Four years, $69.2 million. Um, not sure if I like the signing. I think there's a more... I think there's a more talented receiver in that in that locker room that you're going to have to pay in three years. Well, I guess his deal is three years out. Uh, but DK Metcalf's going to want a bag. The thing about DK is that he's a third-round pick. Third-round picks don't make a lot of money. First-round picks do. So that's the thing. Like you he look at, round, he? He's a third-rounder, I'm pretty sure. I thought he was. He's a second or third. I don't know. Tyler. Tyler Lockett was – he definitely wasn't a first-rounder. I believe he yeah, was a second or third. So the thing about those guys is, is especially like a guy like Tyree Kill, who is a fourth rounder, I want to say fourth or fifth rounder. He's he wants to get paid because the thing is, is the last and and what DK Metcalf is going to do for the next two to three years. DK Metcalf is probably going to be a top fifteen, arguably is going to stretch into the top ten. If you think DK Metcalf's top ten receiver right now, you're also a prisoner of the moment. He had one good year. Let's calm down. I think he's set up to be in the top ten next year, but I need to see more. You know, that that Seattle offense at the end of the year fizzled because they were doing the same shit. They were predictable. He hit the nail on the uh, uh hit the nail on the head when they got bounced from the playoffs. But um the the thing is is like Tyreek Hill was the best receiver one of the best receivers in the game for two years, he was making like $550,000 a year those years. So when people are like, why does Tyreek Hill want $20 million? I was like, because he's been the best in the game and he's being paid, he's still being paid like a third round, fourth round rookie, despite being a top 10 receiver, top five receiver in the game. So that's why those guys want that money right out the gate is because they've been putting up MVP level numbers and getting paid like they were a practice player for the last two years. So overall for, for the Seahawks, I'm not a not a fan of the move because, like I said, I feel like there's bigger things you need to worry about. There's bigger fish to fry here, but overall, not a terrible deal. Um, I feel like he's worth the money. Though. The thing is, it's it's tough for me to say Seattle. It's worth to sign a receiver in Seattle because Russell Wilson spreads the ball around so much. Uh, you look at back of those teams; they had Jermaine Curse, you have Doug Baldwin, now you have DK, you have Tyler Lockett. And it, you can, to me, I relate it back to fantasy football. Like, I will never, ever in my life touch a Seattle receiver in fantasy while Russell Wilson is there because it doesn't matter how good they are. There is a couple games, and it happened to Tyler Lockett this year. He popped for 45 in a week, popped for 33 the next one. Everyone's like, oh, I got to make sure I start Tyler Lockett. Next three games, he had a combined like 15 points. Just went zero dark 30 for the next three games. Yeah. He played all three, just had one catch for seven yards in each of them. 
And it's I don't think it's his talent. I don't think his talent disappears. It's just that because whoever's hot, they're gonna Russell Wilson takes takes advantage of matchups on the field. If DK Metcalf's gonna be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey all week, you best believe Tyler Lock is gonna have a career week. But the next week, when they have two top tier corners, when you know when you have a corner pair like Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, you're just gonna have to go to who's open. And if Marcus Peters takes Tyler Lockett out the game, he's gonna take Tyler Lockett out the game. There's nothing Russell Wilson's not gonna force the ball to you just just cause. So so like I said, not a fan of the move to Seattle, uh, but I'm not I don't think it's horrible either. Just because DK's contract is three years out now, if DK was entering the final year of his deal, and they're gonna have to re- they're gonna have to pay DK this next year. I would say this is horrible because there's, like I said, there's a better receiver in that room that you're gonna have to pay soon. Um, I'm happy for that. I went to church with him. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm happy for him too. He's got he got paid. He had remember he's coming off the three year extension just uh, obviously just three years ago. Um, Dang, bro. He's been in the league that long. He's been in the league for like seven years now. That's, That's what's crazy. Yeah. So um, um, our other re-signing news, there's a lot of offensive linemen that ended up landing in, in new cities this week. Uh, Kansas City landed Austin Blythe to a one-year deal. The Raiders re-signed Colton Miller to a three-year. It was like a $69 million deal. Um, for the Chiefs, love the signing. I don't know why they cut their center in the first place. I feel like they found a, a replacement that's just as good, if not better. Um, for the Raiders, for Colton Miller, it was like three years, $69 million. I'd have to look into the numbers on Colton Miller because that's a lot of money. I don't think Colton Miller's obviously not a bad tackle, but I don't know if he's worth the money. So I would have to do a little bit more research to give you the opinion on that. And then also Gabe Jackson, who was traded from Las Vegas to Seattle, he ends up uh, signing a deal with them. I believe it was a three-year deal in Seattle as well. So Seattle's spending some money this week, but it's time to go win now for them. So... um uh, Deshaun Watson. So obviously we have to talk about it. It's going to be an updated topic every week. Um, the the number of allegations has now reached twenty one. Um, twenty one women have stepped forward and said that he is he has wronged them sexually in some way in the last three to five years. Um, the good news is that now eighteen women have stepped forward in defense of Deshaun Watson, saying that. Um, these 18 women have come forward voluntarily and told his his defense lawyer that they've worked collectively worked 130 times with Deshaun over the last five years and never had anything that was anything that was abnormal in a professional massage setting. You know, so nothing weird would have happened or anything like that. So that's something good for the case. Um, lawyer Anthony Busby, who is who is representing all these women, came out and finally told us why the Houston PD is not seeing any of this is because the defense lawyer for Deshaun, his son, is actually works for Houston PD. And he said, I'm not worried, you know, that Houston PD or, or his son would do anything fishy. He's like, I respect all their work and all the hard work they do to keep the city safe and everything. He's like, I don't remember what he said. I don't understand how you can be like, no disrespect to you. I don't think you're going to do anything corrupt, but I'm not going to bring you anything because I think you're going to be. I don't know what the fuck he's on. But surprise, surprise, he announced all of this on Instagram because he's a cornball. So Deshaun Watson's lawyer, his son works for Houston PD. So they're, I guess, like he's like, I'm not worried that they're going to be corrupt and, and, you know, somehow try to flip the case, but I'm not going to take the risk, basically. Um, Bottom line, um, he posted all this on Instagram like the clown he is. I still don't like his lawyer at all. Um, 
I don't want to get in too much, but like I said, so the count is now up to 21 women against Deshaun Watson, but we've now had 18 step forward in defense of him. I think it's kind of fucking ridiculous that he has somehow worked with over like 40 (laughs) massage therapists in the last five years. But I mean, you're an NFL athlete. You're going city to city. Sometimes you need the massage when you're on the road. I feel like that's kind of a thing that I would go to the same person for a lot. To me, that's kind of like a barber thing. Like if I find one masseuse that does, you know, does what I like well in Houston, I'm going to go to that same one. Unless obviously, you know, if, if stuff is happening, if, if these allegations are true and, and stuff's happening, obviously you wouldn't want to work with Deshaun Watson again. So who knows? The plot thickens again. Here we are another week of, of more news on it, but no resolution of the problem. So, um, yeah, you know how we do, man. So, um, so Boogie actually went there. Yeah. So, quick NBA news. Um, I saw the report today that Boogie Cousins was talking to LA to the Clippers for a ten day deal. I also saw a report that he officially signed with them for ten days. So, I don't know if that report was one hundred percent true or if that was if it was just poorly worded and they're saying he's talking. I know Boogie's had talks with LA with the Clippers about signing with them. So that could be a possibility. I mean, the arms race continues in the West. See who's going to end out on top. Um, the Jazz um, had a little bit of talking about the top teams in the West. The Jazz had a little scare this last week. Um, they ran into a flock of birds on their flight to, I want to say it was back to Utah. They ended up, ended up having to turn around and land because they had engine failure from hitting this flock of birds. So we're glad that they're all okay. We were talking about just the ramifications of if somehow the plane had crashed and, and we lost the whole team of Utah Jazz. And Definitely a scary thing that we didn't want to think about for too long, so we're glad that they're okay. They made it back to the ground. Everything's fine and dandy. They just ended up having to find a new flight home, basically. So, um, so what do you do if the what do you do if like, no offense, I'm just gonna be that what if guy. Like, if the whole team did go, like something went wrong, aka died. So, I don't think you cancel the whole season. I definitely don't think that's possible. No, I don't know what you would do honestly. Like, there's to me, I think the the logical thing to do would to be just kind of cancel every Jazz game the rest of the year. And try to let them figure out, let the league figure out what they want to do. Um, it's very tough to plan for something like that because obviously it's never happened. I hope to God it never does happen. I think logically, you obviously the Jazz just wouldn't suit up for the rest of the year as much as Jazz fans would probably want to see. But yeah, you're you'd be throwing a G League roster and free agents together and a, and a new head coaching staff and try to figure something out. So I think they would probably take the rest of the year off try to find a new coaching staff and anybody that passed away, get all the personnel together, and then they would probably just have to do almost like an expansion draft in the offseason. So basically uh, each team protects eight to nine players on the roster that are untouchable, um, and then they would be able to go through every team's roster and pick guys that were unprotected. So so you just have a mishmash, and any free agents, draftees, or, or G League call-ups they would have is what their roster would be next year. So... Definitely not something you want to think about or, or even try to try to plan. But to me, that would be the most logical thing to do. Um, but let's just hope we never have to worry about it. So um, Francisco Lindor signed uh, just a quick baseball topic for you real quick. I know we don't talk about baseball much, but just a quick little thing. He signed a 10-year, $341 million deal with the New York Mets. That baseball money is different. 
Let me tell you something. I believe it's the third richest deal in, in MLB history behind Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. What's the Martin say? Um, Siri Q get paid by Young Dolph. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely not a lie. But the thing about that, if you're curious of how that's even possible, it's because the MLB does not have cap space. So you can spend as much money as you want each offseason. That's why teams like New York with the Yankees and the Mets and, and L.A., Atlanta, all these guys have – they have a lot more money to spend. Why you never see the Royals succeed in, in these smaller market teams is because they can only spend as much money as they have. So with the Yankees, they're the they're the Cowboys of the MLB. Can you imagine what the Cowboys would look like if Jerry Jones didn't have a cap space to work with and he could spend that $4 billion that the Cowboys are worth every offseason? The Cowboys would have every free agent possible on the craziest deals that you've ever seen in your life. So that's why the cap space is a thing. It's to keep teams around the same skill level. That's why you see these deals happen and why super teams form in baseball so often. So, Well, and to end it off, we have, we're have we going to do this um, pro days. Um, we're not going to give you guys a full two hours this time, but I want to say this real quick before he goes in depth because, you know, my boy O loved the NFL. Um this week was the two-year anniversary of Nipsey Hussle. We didn't even get to say that, yeah. but uh, R.P. Nipsey. I feel like that's one of those deaths that like everybody is going to remember like where they were when they heard it. It was one of those things that's like... I don't know if I remember where I... <coughs> if I remember where I was, to be, <coughs> to be honest with you. like Really? Yeah. I think you were... I think you actually were on desk. Yeah, I, I remember the, the disbelief where mm-hmm. I was like, there's no fucking way. I was like, not after everything that's just happened within this last year where Victory Lap's doing, he's got a Grammy nomination coming up. I was like, there's no fucking way. Like, and also, like, his whole chronicling has been, like, he's from Slauson. He's been here for 30 years on the streets doing what he does, and now he's finally blowing up nationally. Like, he's been a Slauson legend since he was 19, 20 years old. You know, he's been a West Coast legend for a long time. And then finally, he's getting some national recognition. He's got a Grammy nomination, and for like I said, it was it's cinematic. It's cinematic. It is. It's a movie script. You know, he finally gets out, and and where he's getting national recognition outside of his hood and everything. And then for him to die the way he did and how he did in front of his own store, three seconds after taking a picture with a fan, just it's crazy. It's a crazy story. And I think like it's just so sad how it happens because. You know, the guy that basically killed him was the guy that basically was just, like, on some hate and stuff. Like, he was trying to give Nip his music. He had just got out of jail. Nip told his, you know, bodyguard that he didn't need him for the day. And the guy was on some hate stuff. And, like, Nip was just basically like, you know, I heard that you've been snitching. Like, I don't really mess with snitches like that. But that just goes back to the gang and, like, what they value and stuff like that. But, I mean, Nip was just doing what he thought, you know, and. But he got sad and mad and got pissed off and came back with a gun and shot him and like I just I I look at that thing, bro. I, I uh, the day he died and I look at that um the 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 surveillance camera and the video of it and he's like try, he's like trying to crawl and like they look at him and shoot him again, bro. Yeah, it's just like wow. It's sad, man. So and obviously it's R.I.P. Nip. He's a legend. I don't care what. What anyone has to say or what WAC 100 has to say, I don't I don't care. Uh, that, man, that man did what he did. 
Like he he will go down as the legend in my opinion. Just it's it's just a story of it. Like you could say his music didn't do it for him and and whatever. He's only a West Coast legend. He's not even a West Coast legend. Like the the story of his life is truly a movie script, and that's why to me he's got to go down as as a legend. Um, so into the pro days real quick. You know, speed through it. Um, man. A lot of a lot a lot of impressive talent this year. Uh, I don't remember who tweeted it. Somebody did uh, said this might be the fastest class of draftees we've ever had, and I, from what we've seen, it's got to be up there. And the craziest thing is Alabama hasn't even had their pro day yet either. And you've probably got you probably got one of, if not two of, the fastest guys in the draft oh, in, in Jalen Waddle and Devon Smith. If they have had it, I'm lacking. Because um, I, I remember they were talking about like. Najee drove down all the way. Oh, yeah, they did. That's crazy because I didn't see any of their 40 times or anything. So I'm thinking maybe Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith may have not ran because usually, I mean, we saw Kyle Pitts did his this week, and it was all over Twitter. Now, maybe no, that's just. No, 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 they did because remember, it was the other day. Mac Jones overthrew yeah. Devonta. Yeah. yeah, so so maybe, maybe they just didn't run because I don't know. Maybe it's just because I follow you and you retweet everything Kyle Pitts did this week. Uh, and that's why it's all over my timeline. But I felt like I just didn't see anything about Alabama's pro day. So I'll get into the ones that I did see that I could tell you about. But uh, start. <laughs> I'll start with the number that what seems to be the lock for number two. I'm sorry, guys. I just, when my boys come out, no matter what it is, especially this year. This year, I'm a proud Gator. I'm, I'm retweeting everything. Yeah. <laughs> You're seeing it down. I mean, I don't blame you. The boys made history this year, and they're. it seems like they're going to continue to make history when they get to the league. So, we'll, well, I'm going to round up with Florida, but I wanted to get to the QBs first. So, Zach Wilson, uh, what looks to be the lock at the number two pick with the Jets right now. Um, he had his pro day at BYU. He looked great. Here's the thing, man. Uh, you can, Everybody's talking about that throw. You know, he takes a snap, rolls out left, kind of pivots onto the back foot. Like, it's very unnatural for a QB to roll left if they're right-handed. Like, the, the normal – the normal thing for you to see is if they're able to roll right, then like it's a natural throwing motion to kind of roll right and then throw across like that with your right hand. For you to roll left, that means your the ball is forward. You have to completely turn your hips back left and then deliver the ball. You can't unless you're going to do a really weird hop throw and it's hard to do that accurately. So that was the the throw that everyone was drooling over all week was you know quick little you know. Uh, roll out to the left, you know, five-yard roll out to the left and uncorked like a 50- to 60-yard bomb down the field. And people are like, you don't see this talent normally. A lot of people are comparing him to Patty. Like I said, we, we do a lot of weird comparisons. It's a it's a fun thing to do the comparison thing. Let's pick one that's realistic. Don't pair people. Don't compare people to Patrick Mahomes. It's not, you're never going to land it. It's never going to happen. It's not, a, it's not an accurate comparison. Um, so, of course... When that got all the news uh, and everyone was talking about how good Zach Wilson is, every QB under the sun was like, all right, well, I have to go duplicate the exact same throw and try to get some hype. Justin Fields went out and did it. And even Kellen Mond, who's who's supposed to be a fourth, fifth, sixth-round guy out of Texas A&M, went out and threw the exact same pass. So all these guys are looking for that same amount of hype. Here's the thing. It's real easy in a closed dome on a practice field with no fans, no 300-pound defensive tackles chasing after you. You know, you don't even have a helmet or pads on. I always think it's dumb that, that quarterbacks don't have to throw in a helmet and pads because it, it, the helmets block off your vision a little bit, it's and neat, you can't tell me that shoulder pads don't restrict your throwing motion at least a little bit. 
anybody can go out there and sling it in in cleats and in shorts. I, I'm trying to see what it looks like when you got pads on, man, because it changes everything to me. Like, you can't tell me that the throwing motion of your arm isn't impacted by that a little bit. And at the bottom line, when it comes to throwing at a pro day, yes, it's impressive. It's something that we have to look at and analyze whether you can deliver a ball accurately down the field. It's so much different on Sundays and Mondays and forever, whatever fucking reason, on Thursdays. It's a lot different when Aaron Donald's chasing after you. Or it's a lot different when when you have to try to fit that ball into the gap with Jalen Ramsey a half yard off your receiver's hip, you know. So Jamarcus Russell looked amazing at his pro day at LSU. Look how that ended up, you know what I'm saying. So, and and we've talked about guys that run 40s. Some guys run better. Some guys run better as track stars when they can. They're just got cleats on, shorts, and they can run shirtless. Some guys run better when they put shoulder pads on, and they've got Aaron Donald chasing behind them. Uh, Justin Fields ran a 4-4 this week. It's the fastest 40 time recorded since RG3. You know what that means is that Lamar Jackson ran slower than that. I can guarantee you, you stick him out on the field on any given Sunday with Aaron Donald or whoever you want chasing after him, I guarantee you Lamar Jackson is the fastest quarterback in this league. I don't care who gets drafted this year. So some guys just run better, throw better on Sundays. That's not a bad thing. Mac Jones overthrew a couple receivers. Uh, Shanahan and Bill Belichick were not impressed. I think that's going to hurt his draft stock a bit. But like I said, I'm curious what you can do on a football field, not what you can do on a closed practice field. How bad? What do you mean? How bad did it hurt him? How bad did it hurt him? I think it may have cost him the number three draft spot to San Francisco. There's a lot of hype early in the week that Mac Jones was going to end up going to three after San Fran. And then Kyle Shanahan started. I f- I'm sorry, Bryce. I had to bring it up. And any, any of our San Francisco fans that listen, like, I think Kyle Shanahan started having flashbacks from when uh, Jimmy G missed Emmanuel Sanders wide open deep down the field in the Super Bowl. He overthrew that ball. Mac Jones overthrew that one pass, and I feel like I feel like they're going to hold on to that one a little bit. So another question: Where do you have? He could be real because I don't have him going high. But where do you have Kyle Trask going? And what's he? <sighs> That's tough because I don't think he's going in the first round. Yeah. Um, so it's a crapshoot on – I mean, it could be – the Eagles could pick him up. I don't know. It's it's a whole different thing when you're talking about taking late-round QBs. To me, um, teams that make sense are teams that have older guys. Like, I think Tampa Bay should look at him in the second or third round, maybe the fourth. That's the thing. It's trying to nail his draft grade down and then deciding how much you want him. Like, if you want him and you think he's worth – if you think he could be a franchise guy after sitting behind a Big Ben or a Tom Brady for three years – then you take him in the second round. You go get that guy. That's the thing that you'll see everyone's like, oh, you reached on that pick. Here's the thing. If the Niners think Mac Jones is their guy, I know a lot of Niners fans will be upset if they take him at three. People are like, oh, you could have got him at 12. Here's the thing. If if the Niners are set on Mac Jones being their guy, you have to go get him. If that is 100% your guy, if you're like, Mac Jones our quarterback, I don't care what pick we have. I don't care who's on the board. Mac Jones is our guy. You go get him. You don't leave it up to chance. And a lot of people were saying that about about Cleveland when they took Baker Mayfield at one and Justin, they took Denzel Ward at four. They're like, you could have got Baker at four and taken, you know, whoever the best defensive player was at one. They're like, you don't know if the Jets were going to pass on Baker, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Baker's your guy, you got to go get him. You can't leave it up to chance. So, for for Trask, I think a place like Pittsburgh works a lot. I'd be I wouldn't be happy about that. I'm not happy they got Dwayne Haskins either. I think it's a good scheme fit. Um, as a Ravens fan, I hope Big Ben plays forever. I'd love the two free wins a year. I know we went zero and two against them last year, but uh, 
I don't think it's going to last that much longer for Pittsburgh. I think they're entering a rebuilding stage because as good as their defense was last year, the issue is is that um, you look at the age of their defense. Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt are studs, and they're your young guys to go forward with. The issue is is it's kind of those two. You have they had a lot of good role players on that defense in Pittsburgh last year, like Tyson Alualu was a role player defensive tackle in metrics and, and pro football focus, like stats wise, double team, all this, sh- all this stuff. Like Tyson Alulu was like the third best defensive tackle in the league last year. And he's 33 years old. Um, Cam Hayward's not getting any younger. Um, Joe Hayden's not getting any younger. So they have a lot of aging pieces on that defense as well as the two, three young stars that they have. So, and then I can't, emphasize how much as a Ravens fan I love that Big Ben's still playing because like I said gives us a chance to win no matter who we suit up with Tyler Huntley almost came back and beat the Steelers their second meeting this last year um so it's time for Big Ben to hang it up I think he should have hung it up two years ago I think he's gonna play this year and then probably retire just because this is the last year of his deal but Big Ben's making as many in mo- as much money in millions this year as he spent years on this earth. He's forty two, you know, forty one, forty two, making forty two million dollars this year. So um, definitely the most overpaid quarterback. You can say what you want about where he lists that where he's top ten, top twenty, not worst or whatever. He's by far the most overpaid quarterback this year because. Forty-two million dollars is Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson level money, and we all we can, I think we should be all able to agree the big man is nowhere near that skill level anymore. So, um, so we talked about Fields. Uh, I think he threw well, but like I said, Jamarcus Russell threw well at his pro day, and we saw how that turned out. So you have to take these pro days and this and all the combine stuff with a grain of salt because, like I said, it's totally different when you're out on an NFL field or even out on a college field. With, with guys chasing after you. Um, and then, obviously, we got to go down to Florida. we got to talk about these guys. We're talking about Kyle Trask. Uh, Kyle Pitts continues to live up to the reputation of the probably the most genetic freak we've ever seen entering an NFL draft. Um, at tight end, he is the best tight end prospect we've ever seen coming out of college. I don't think there's a debate about that, honestly. Because um, even you look at guys like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, who are the two best tight ends in the league right now. Um, Kelsey was a third rounder, I want to say, out of Cincinnati. George Kittle was a fifth rounder out of Ohio, out of Iowa. You don't take tight ends. You don't really take tight ends in the first round. You definitely don't take them in the top ten. So for this kid to be in that spot in the first place is says something to how good he is. He's ranked in the 97th, 98th, and 99th percentile of every stat category that you can record at a pro day amongst tight ends and wide receivers. So we're talking all the measurables, his 40-time vertical, uh, his vert, his his wingspan compared to his height, all this stuff. He is ranked basically like within the top 10 or top 15 all-time in both the wide receiver and the tight end category. Freak athlete. Um, like I said, it depends on the creativity of the offense of where he lands and how high he goes. But like I said, you take a tight end in the top 10, he is automatically set up to be one of the biggest draft busts of all time just because you don't – it's like taking a fullback in the top 10. It's a very – you know what I'm saying? Like you don't do that. That's that's a pick for later on in the rounds. But he 100% has the talent. And it's also about – he could just be set up – if he goes to a dormant offense, if he somehow lands up in like Green Bay – and they play him at tight end, he's fucked. Because Green Bay, 
they're doing better now, or Dallas would be a better spot. Like you end up in Dallas and Mike McCarthy's offense that he's ran the same shit the last fifteen years, you're fucked. You're stuck there and you're you're nowhere. Now you land in Baltimore, Kansas City, I think are the two most revolutionary NFL offenses right now. Um, those just Andy Reid and, and and John Harbaugh just get so shifty with the play calls. You know what I'm saying? There's they're they're running a lot of different stuff. The trick plays, the the shuttle passes underneath the Kelsey and stuff like that. So I think Pitts probably goes. I definitely think he's a top ten talent. Um, I think him going to Cincinnati would be something that I definitely. That, you think he'd go into Miami at at six? It's definitely plausible. Like I said, I think quarterbacks go top three no matter what. I think I think it goes Lawrence, Wilson, Fields. I hope to God that the Niners take Fields. I think Fields has problems. I think Wilson has the same problems. The difference is, is that I think Fields is a safer pick over Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson has a potential, like he has the higher ceiling, but I think I think Fields is a safer pick to me. They both have issues on the field. The the thing about them is they they struggle going through their reads. Like you'll see, you go back and watch Ohio State versus Clemson. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm surprised that Ohio State pulled that game out. You watch Justin Fields just throw to throw. He's staring. I'm talking eye fucking his receivers before he throws the ball to him. And I don't use that term lightly. Like he's kind of a. You saw a lot in that Clemson game where like he would go to his first read, he'd go second read, and then he'd be like, "That second read's gonna be open. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait till he's open and then throw it to him." And just because they have such good talent there in Ohio State, it was able to work and they were able to win in that first playoff game. But Zach Wilson does the exact same thing, so that's the issue there. Um, so I think quarterbacks go one, two, three. I think you have Cincinnati at four. They're the wild card. To me, I think I go Pity Sewell. Take take your tackle. No, no, no. Who's at four? Because uh, I think since he's at five. Is it? Uh, I'd have to think now. I think, like I said, I think since he, Cincinnati could definitely go with um, with a tackle. I think it's also easier for them to take Kyle Pitts or or a receiver because it never hurts to have another weapon in the offense, especially with Joe. Uh, with uh, not Joe, AJ Green gone now. I think you have a a bigger spot where you you need a pass catcher there. But I think protecting Joe Burrow after Joe Burrow tearing his ACL this year. I think so. The Falcons are a four. I would be hard pressed, especially if so. Say it goes Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Mac Jones or Trey Lance at three. I think it's hard pressed to see the Falcons not go Justin Fields at four. To be honest with you, I, I think the Falcons taking a QB at four is a very real thing. Um, if not, they could take Mac Jones there. But like I said, if Justin Fields is on the board, I think that's the slam dunk pick there. Um, at four, if they don't go quarterback for Atlanta, um, Penny Sewell is not a bad option. I don't think they need a receiver. I get Julio's getting older, but Calvin Ridley's a stud. I think quarterback makes the most sense for them going forward. I think that's the aging position. Or if you want to be the first player to get a defensive player there, uh, you go with Patrick Sertain. Never hurts to have a superstar corner in your set. Um, I feel like Atlanta should honestly, if they're not going to go QB, should trade down. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that want to move up and to go get a quarterback. Like the Panthers would probably be very, very interested to try to go up and get a QB at that spot. That's going up and trying to get 
get Jamar Chase. I wouldn't be mad if Baltimore moved up in the top ten either. I think that's very, very wishful thinking. But I would definitely send Orlando Brown Jr. to Atlanta. And even even if they want to go up and take Penny Sewell to just throw a place him on the right side, I think it's kind of redundant as a pick. But I'd take Penny Sewell in Baltimore too. The, the talent there is undeniable. Um, Cincinnati, like I said, Cincinnati and Atlanta are the question marks. Miami, I think, goes receiver. Uh, which receiver, I don't know. Could be Jalen Waddle, could be Devonta Smith, could be Jamar Chase, could be Kyle Pitts. For the for the first for the first fifteen minutes, we're gonna try to I wanna try to make a mock for next week. Top okay. 10. Yeah. A little top ten mock. We could definitely do that. We'll definitely I'll 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 get into it and try to figure out Figuring out Atlanta is going to be the hardest thing, and I think Cincinnati is going to be a pretty shut and closed if Penny Sewell's there. To me, that's open and closed, but I'll definitely have to do my research a little bit because it's going to be hard to pass on the receivers at five because mm-hmm. you could have your your pick of the your pick of the crop there at five, especially if quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. You got Sewell, you got Smith, so who knows what Cincinnati's going to do at five? But we'll round out we'll round out the rest of that top five, that top ten next week. Before we leave, where you see Kadarius Tony going? That's tough. Uh, that I think he ran really well at his pro day. I think his route running is great. Um, I see him more as a second round pick, in my opinion. I think he could go late first. Uh, I, I think. Because the Chiefs were talking about it today, and I know Andy Reid was high on him. Well, yeah, I don't blame him. Like I said, we're talking about the creativity of that offense and all the shuttle passes and stuff they do with Travis Kelsey underneath. He would fit beautifully in that set. The only thing is, like, they have three wide receivers that could do the exact same thing there. Like, they still have McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, um, and hell, if they want to get creative, then go get DeAnthony Thomas and bring him back into the set. He could do all that same stuff that that Kadarius Tony could do. So, um, I see him as a second. The thing is, is like I could see him going at like pick twenty five in the first round, like early. I could also see him sliding to the third. Mm-hmm. Like there's because there's a lot of gifted receivers in this class. Like Rashad Bateman is another guy. Like I would say, I'd love to see Baltimore take uh, take KT at, at twenty seven. But I'd also, I mean, if Rashad Bateman's there, that dude is a freak of nature. I mean, he's also, the thing is that Rashad Bateman's 5'7". He's, he's one of those guys that you look at him, and a lot of people have said, if you put him in a, even a six-foot frame, not even tall, you put him in 6'4", holy cow. But if you put him at six-foot, he's one of the best receivers of all time. So Rashad Bateman is, is an extremely re- talented receiver. It's just about kind of where everyone else goes. That's the issue with trying to pick up on where KT goes as it kind of just depends on the board around him at the time. So that's that's down on that. Um, yeah. another another episode wrapped up man. RA on episode eight, headed on to episode nine. Yeah, so we're pushing the goat debate back to episode nine. Uh we wanted to do it this week, but like I said, the scheduling we couldn't yeah. get we couldn't get it lined up the way we wanted to. So and we weren't gonna do it without Sam. So had to push it back another week, but that's trust me, that's just gonna make it even better because I'm mad. Samari will be here for the next episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have my numbers ready. So, I mean, if you guys want the detailed stats of why who's better than who in the long run, I will trust me. I'm not going to walk into this with just straight opinions. Oh, I've yeah. got the numbers. Always, Owen Burke always comes through. Yeah, I've got the numbers. I've got the names. I'll be ready to go. So, we'll see you guys next week. For real. That, that, is, a, that is a wrap up here on Boys Don't Lie, the podcast. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. Yes, sir.